Let us continue worshiping the Word of God. Turn with me to John chapter 3, verse 16. John 3, verse 16. Let us recite this verse together in one voice before the Lord and before one another as we plant these words into our hearts. Together. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. Amen. Continuing with a series on gospel, we shall continue to study this verse deeply and intentionally. I probably said this over and over again, but in order for us to effectively share the gospel as God's people, it is so crucial for us to understand and hold on to the gospel of Jesus Christ according to the scripture. Because such time as this, and such culture as this, there are so many false and distorted and partial teachings of the gospel today. So my prayer is that as we study this verse throughout the series, we will continue to go deeper, understanding the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to scripture, that we will be well equipped to share the gospel with power and with gentleness and with love and with grace. Amen. If you recall, there are four major concepts or themes mentioned in this verse. First is there is a danger of perishing. Danger of perishing. Whoever believes in me, believes him shall not perish but have eternal life. This also means that whoever does not believe in shall perish. Perishing, though it sounds maybe a bit offensive in our culture to mention, but it is a reality surely a part of the gospel message. But take heart, there is another very important theme in the gospel, which is the demonstration of love. Love. The main theme of the gospel is the message of love, as God's love is demonstrated through Jesus Christ. Whoever believes in, in him shall not perish. And if we believe that Jesus, believe in the Jesus' love, we will have eternal life. So there also is the duty of faith that we must believe in Jesus and his work and his love. Then we shall have eternal life. And that is the destiny of the eternal life that we have. So four themes, the perishing, love, faith, and eternal life. Today, we'll focus on the last concept of the gospel, component of the gospel, which is the destiny of eternal life mentioned in the gospel. And it is my prayer that we will understand uh, deeper in terms of what eternal life is and how wonderfully we have this eternal life in us through Jesus Christ. Amen? It says, whoever believes in Jesus Christ will have eternal life. Then question is, what does it mean by eternal life? Let us expound on this topic of eternal life in three points. First, notice that eternal life is the purpose of salvation, is the very purpose of salvation. Whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. At the end, we are saved to gain the eternal life. At the end, the, the salvation 
is to obtain eternal life in Christ Jesus. So if you think about it, eternal life is the very purpose of salvation. If eternal life is the purpose of salvation, eternal, gaining eternal life is actually our salvation, notice that eternal life is not interrupted at mere physical death. In John chapter 11, verse 25, 26, Jesus said this, I am the resurrection and the life, and he who believes in me shall live even if he dies. Very radical statement, isn't it? Even if you die, you will live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. You will never die. What a powerful and radical statement. What does it mean by that? He's talking about the concept of eternal life. Everyone who has eternal life by faith will never have that life stripped away from him. Even if he dies physically, at the end, he will rise and live again. That's what it means. Physical death will not turn eternal life into temporary life. Physical death cannot interrupt this way of eternal life or fact of eternal life. Why eternal life is the very purpose of our salvation. And whoever believes in Jesus Christ shall be saved. Another word, shall have eternal life. So eternal life is the very purpose salvation. We want to receive eternal life. Receiving eternal life is we called salvation. Amen? Get that straight. That's why eternal life is very important, the concept. Second point is this. Eternal life is the product of Jesus Christ. Eternal life is the product of Christ. John chapter... Chapter 1, verse 4, clearly we, have learned, we can learn that eternal life is in Christ Jesus. Without Christ, there is no eternal life. John 1, 4 says, in him was life, and that life was the light of man. Or in John 14, 6, Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. Eternal life is first and foremost the life of the Son of God. It's actually God's life. And Jesus said, I am the only one who has eternal life. You know what he's saying? I am God. I am the source of life. Though their very statement, I am the way and the truth and life, very exclusive statement, by the way. He did not say, I am a way, all truth, all life. No, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. There's no other truth. There's no other way. There's no other life. Jesus is claiming that he is the very source of life. He is claiming that he is the life. In him there is life. Outside of him, therefore, no life. He's claiming that he's God. That's why it is very supernatural. It is not something we have by nature, this eternal life. We cannot get it on our own. Historically, many men try to obtain eternal life. 
there's one Chinese emperor, the very first emperor. I mean, it's a famous illustration of man who was trying to get eternal life. If you study the Eastern, especially Chinese history, that you will learn that the very first emperor of China was known for looking for answer for eternal life. He tried all kinds of different medicine. He tried to find a way of some religious way to gain some kind of eternal life. And as a matter of fact, he was not the only one. We have count of people trying to receive or gain, obtain the eternal life. But within this world, there is no such thing. Within ourselves, there is no such thing. Eternal life must be given by the source of life. We call it, in other words, God is outside of us. The Savior must come and save us. Meaning, outside of us, someone else outside of us, outside of this world, must come and give us the eternal life. The concept of salvation. That's why it is a supernatural. That's why statement in itself is very powerful and sometimes very confusing because it's not natural for us to understand. Eternal life is the life of Jesus Christ, basically. That's what he's saying. In him was life. He was the life. I am the life. Meaning, when you talk about eternal life, he's talking about the life of Christ Jesus. And he says, I shall give this my life to you. So it's not that eternal life is somewhere else and I will give you this is eternal life. No, he said, I shall give myself to you. I will give my life to you. My life is yours. Eternal life is the product of Christ because eternal life is the life of Christ. Eternal life is in Christ alone. And that's the highlight of the gospel, isn't it? There is no other way. In order for you to obtain eternal life, you must come to Christ because the life of Christ is the only eternal life that stands forever. And if you want to receive that, meaning if you want to be saved, another word, that you must come to Christ. Very exclusive, yet bold, yet powerful and truthful statement. Now, as eternal life is in Christ, specifically, is the, the, the product of Christ, notice that it is revealed to us through the words of Christ. How do we know that Jesus is the eternal life and he's offering his life to us and whoever believes in him will receive that life of the Son, the eternal life, well, according to his word. That's what we know. His word. His word reveals to us the eternal life, isn't it? Peter says in John chapter 6 account, To whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. The life of Christ is mediated to the world through his word. How do we know the eternal life is Christ? And Christ is the eternal life, is the product of Christ. How do we know? Through His Word. 
He claims himself and he reveals himself to the world through his word. As a matter of fact, he himself is called the Logos, the word of God. He was, the, if you look at John chapter 1, verse 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. Verse 14. Amazing, isn't it? So the, the eternal life, His life, is revealed through His Word. And whoever believes in His Word, thus, shall have Amen. And when he was with us on the earth, he spoke the words of life. He taught his disciples to go and teach his word. And he said that others would come to believe on him through their word. Word. So the eternal life is revealed and extend, extended from Christ to others through his word. Why? Because eternal life is the product of Christ. He is the only one who has, who is the eternal life. Amen? Another thing that we need to really think about this, eternal life is the product of Jesus, that he is, the eternal life is in Christ, that it is fully confirmed through his resurrection. Is fully affirmed and confirmed through, or I should I use my own word, activated through resurrection. In John chapter 6, verse 40, Jesus said, This is the will of my Father, that everyone who sees the Son and believes in Him may have eternal life. And I myself will raise Him up on the last day. He is not only the life, as He said, the resurrection. Eternal life will be fully experienced by us when Jesus raises us from the physical death on that day. Did you know, my brothers and sisters, that's the full experience of eternal life is when our body, physical body, even the physical body resurrects by the power of God and we can be whole as what God has intended from the very beginning to be. And as a whole being, we shall worship and be with God forever. And that is the final stage, in a way, of obtaining or experiencing eternal life. So his own resurrection is the confirmation that eternal life is in only in Christ. That's why Jesus clearly said, in three days my, after my death, I shall bodily arise. He did not say, I will spiritually somehow arise in your mind, in your hearts, and people will remember me forever. He could have said that. Actually, one of the very famous Indian guru in 1800 actually said that. But he did not say this. He actually said, I shall rise bodily again and he did and that became the con his resurrection became the confirmation of eternal life is in Christ that he is the only one who can offer the resurrected 
Christ, resurrected Christ, can only offer the life, the eternal life, to all of us. Imagine that. That's why resurrection is very important. Resurrection confirms that Jesus is the only Son of God, or God, I should say, God Himself, who is the eternal life. And we, as people of God, shall rise on the last day, even from the physical death, if we are dead by then, we will fully experience the power of eternal life in us that day. I don't know about you, but I really want to experience that someday, and I will guarantee you, not I, Bible, Christ guarantees you through the word, you will experience that if you trust and obey and believe in Jesus Christ. Amen. Do you know who knew this the best? The power of resurrection? Lazarus. The guy whom raised from the dead by Christ himself. If you remember, right? brother of Martha and Mary. Can you imagine how you can threaten and or tempt Lazarus after his experience of physical resurrection? I'll give you better things than life itself. Ah, I choose Christ. He's the resurrection and the life, as he claimed. I'm the living proof. Right? Imagine that. I'm going to kill you if you believe in Christ. What would Lazarus do if he's threatened by someone? As a matter of fact, there is a play, play written by Eugene O'Neill called Lazarus Laughed. In the play, Curricula, Caricula is the one of the vicious Roman Empire, threatened Lazarus. I will kill you if you believe in Jesus Christ. And the play says, Lazarus laughed. <laughs> Stop laughing. I will really kill you. <laughs> He's keep laughing. More and more Lazarus laughed, knowing that he will rise again with the Lord. And that's the whole point, that he was able to laugh at death or even threat of death because he knew what Christ can do. And more he was threatened by Emperor Caricula, he was laughing and laughing. I mean, obviously, they're trying to make a fun or try to make a point out of this play. But imagine what kind of life he lived after he actually, in a way, experienced the physical resurrection. Obviously, he passed away again, but his final resurrection is waiting for. You can go to Larnaca today and see his grave. He became a bishop there, by the way, in the first church. Do you know what he says in his grave? He says this. Lazarus 
Bishop of Larnaca, twice dead, a friend of Jesus. He is our friend. Christ is our friend. And he loves us so much that he wants to reveal himself in his glory in your life and wants to give his life, eternal life to us. And his resurrection confirms that he is, as a matter of fact, God himself who gives us eternal life. We as God's people can receive his eternal life through Christ. And we can be assured through his own resurrection that we shall rise again one day. Eternal life is in Christ and in at and it encompasses body and soul. That's the product of Jesus, the eternal life. Amen. Last but not least, third point on eternal life. Eternal life is the presence of God. It is the presence of God. Let me explain and expound. It sounds a bit Weird, but I think this is the best way, at least I can put it this way. This eternal life is a personal relationship with God, the Father, and the God, the Son. That's what this eternal life means. Eternal life means that we will be with God forever. Jesus said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I will be with you forever. I think obviously he's the only one who can actually write in his own letter, forever yours, Christ Jesus. Because he is literally forever. His love is forever. John 17, 3 said this. He defined eternal life like this. He was praying to his Father in heaven and said, This is eternal life, that they know you and the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. That's how he prayed. This is eternal life, that they will know you and they will know me whom you have sent. Eternal life is a personal, intimate knowing of God. That's how he described it, at least. It's not like vaccination of spiritual antibody against the disease of death that I'll give you this medicine, eternal life, that you can fight against the disease of death. No. It works kind of unconsciously. As soon as you take it, then you are in eternal life. No, that's not, that's not that way. It doesn't work that way. It is a conscience experience of knowing and relating to God. That's eternal life. Eternal life is that you just continue to live on forever in quantity of time without knowing anything. Oh, I will just exist forever. That's not what eternal life means. Jesus says, True eternal life is this. In those duration of infinite time, quantity of time, you will know God 
you will relate to God and you will receive His love and you will continue to build a relationship with God. That's what He says about eternal life. Amen. It's not just the quantity of life that he's talking about. He's actually talking about quality of life. And the life is not just go on and on and on and we will never experience that. That's why it's eternal life. No, eternal life is not just that. Eternal life is actually knowing God, loving God, being loved by God, relating to God, worshiping God, and being with God forever and ever. It's not just expansion of your life, duration of your life. It's relationship. Building a relationship with Christ forever and ever and ever. This is eternal life that they know you. The true only true God, and that Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. If eternal life is in the presence of God, as eternal life brings the personal knowledge into our hearts, in believing, notice, we have eternal life now. Right? If eternal life is the presence of God with you, eternal life is now, not just in the future. In John chapter 5, verse 24, it says this, John 5, 24, Truly, truly, I say to you, he who hears my words and believes in him who sent me has eternal life has eternal life. Not will have, but has now in present tense. I already told you in the Greek language the tense of the verb is very, very important in order to understand the sentence. And it's clearly in present tense. Meaning, you have eternal life when you believe in Jesus Christ. It's not you will have after death. You have eternal life now, starting now, when the moment that you have received Christ. In other words, eternal life is not something you wait for after death. It is something you have now if you are believing in Jesus Christ. As a matter, matter of fact, your physical life on earth is just part of this eternal life given to you. As a matter of fact, before Christ, you did not have life. Jesus did not come into this world to make bad people good. Jesus came into this world to make dead people alive. Meaning before Christ, we did not even have life. I sort of outside of Christ, we, we really didn't. We were spiritually dead according to the Bible. Just 
biological being, day by day going through motion without purpose, without spirituality. That was us before Christ. But as he came into this, into this world to make dead people alive, when we received Christ, eternal life began. Your life began when you knew Jesus. That was the real life that you have started. Did you know? That is why our BC days does not really matter. We should not be dwell in the times of the past your BC days, before Christ days. We should enter into the new time, new era, new life in Christ. That's why you hear from this pulpit, does not matter who you are, what you are, what you have done. In Christ, you can start a new life with Him. You are a new creation, the Bible says, in Christ. The old has gone, the new has come. Every single day, we experience the resurrection of Christ as we come to approach God every day, that with that power of resurrection, we can actually live new life every day. Amen? starts now. Therefore, eternal life refers not solely to the duration of existence, but also to the quality of life. Quantitative aspect of eternal life, yes, forever, beyond our time. Quality aspect, qualitative aspect of eternal life I kind of wrote this way. Enjoyment of God. Chief of the man is to glorify God and enjoy Him forever and ever. That is a picture of eternal life. Eternal life is not just you go on and on and on and on without the end. Eternal life is actually being with Christ, knowing God, on and on and on and on. And the exciting thing is this. The exciting truth, powerful truth is this. You can go on forever discovering the greatness of the glory of God without any end because he's infinitely great infinitely awesome infinitely loving infinitely gracious infinitely amazing I don't know what to what kind of terminology for me to describe this but the heaven, in the, heaven is a place where you will experience God fully without any interruption without any hindrance 
just the greatness of God on and on and on and on without end. Meaning it's going to be exciting every single moment. Exciting and powerful, overwhelming, you name it. Every single moment when you are with God. That's eternal life. Amen? That means if you are looking into the qualitative, as, qualitative aspect of eternal life, the enjoyment of God, imagine the eternal life is about the life with God, then it includes all the benefits from the presence of God. Right? No wonder Paul says, all the heavenly spiritual blessings is yours in Christ Jesus. It's yours. Whatever that he has is yours as you give yourself fully to the Lord. Isn't that exactly what marriage is all about? Isn't that what it is? The ultimate relationship is a mutual partnership where you bring yourself to a person and that person brings your, him, herself or himself to you. Right? No holding back. Right? No turning back, no holding back. You go as you are. As Christ gave himself to us, thus it is right for us to give ourselves to him in the relationship with God. Relationship cannot be one way. That, oh, God loves me, and I will just receive and receive and receive. No. Though we can offer very tiny, dinky little things compared to what He has done for us, but because we have received His love and His grace and His life, we can help ourselves but to give our tiny little life and ability or whatever that we have to Him. Because it's not, it's not required per se in order for us to earn His love, no. But it's a natural response, not the requirement, isn't it? Right? Like you really want to give yourself to God because He gave Himself to us. And that's the loving relationship. Amen. Imagine then, in eternal eternity, in eternal life, we can, as we lay down all our crowns before the Lord, which was rewarded by God, He gives us His glory, whatever He has. That's the benefit of the mutual partnership, isn't it? What is my wife is mine. Whatever is mine, is mine. I mean, hers. Right? There's a mutual relationship. We bring tiny little dinky life, yet God takes it and gives His life. Give His blessings, glory, honor. We have the living. We are living, I mean, the eternal life in Christ today. We are to enjoy eternal life now. We are to enjoy our life now 
why your life is a part of eternal life that you have. You have eternal life now. Now then, now you understand we cannot throw away our life anymore like a cheap substance. We cannot waste away our life and our time anymore knowing that our life is actually eternal life of the Son, Christ, given to us. Amen? It turns everything upside down, doesn't it? It's not your life alone anymore. It's your partner's, Christ's life. And it's an eternal life now. That means you cannot waste your life. It's the life of God in you. Amen. No wonder God expects us to be like Him. Act like Him. Talk like Him. Imitate Him. All that He does. And not just the imitation peripherally, but essentially, fundamentally, He changes us to be like Him through the power of the Holy Spirit. Man, that is what eternal life now is all about. If we have eternal life, now we can live confidently, fearlessly, and faithfully. And the Bible says, you have the eternal life if you have faith in Jesus Christ. If you believe in Him, He is with you. And you have eternal life. You are living the eternal life now. What are we going to do? Knowing this. How are you going to respond to this truth of the gospel that we have eternal life in Christ Jesus? My prayer for you is this, that we will never harden our heart or stiffen our neck, but we will continue to believe on Jesus Christ and enjoy the eternal life now from now and forevermore with Christ. And that is the gospel message living out, living in inside of us. Amen. And it is my prayer that we will live out the gospel as we know this, as we have eternal life. Let's pray.